Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome back to Wildcast Studios for another episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, I am your host, Adam, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. J-Rock, Jeremy Boucher. We just decided J-Rock before we made the joke. Nah, Mr. Boucher is here. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing better looking at your uh, laptop and the score there. Oh, yeah, yeah. As yeah. we record this during the Wildcats preseason game up in Bathurst. No Hawaii, no Hawaiian shirt tonight, but I do have a golf shirt with pineapples on it. Sensing a theme. Yeah. Sensing a theme. And watermelon water is also <laughs> on the schedule. Yes. It is preseason, it is summer, and then we are back talking hockey, and it just feels good to be back week after week after week. Um, you know, you, you talked about it last week. I know Jamie Tozer was pretty excited. Mm. Bachelor in Paradise, what do you got for him? Because he is listening. Uh, well, um, I know Demi uh, Demi showed up last night, uh, <laughs> which uh, Demi is uh, a, a big a big favorite of mine. Okay, um, she's uh, what you would call a switch hitter. <laughs> um, so she prefers both, uh, you know, both of the the genders. Yeah. Um, she decided to go on a date with a man last night. They did a couple kissing sessions. Uh, and then uh, the man, uh, big jerk face uh, that he is, decided to tell her that, you know, they should look at other options. So uh, big jerk face, forget his name, uh, <laughs> but we'll just call him big jerk face. Seems appropriate. And uh, yeah, that's my update from Bachelor in Paradise. I'm hoping to watch. Uh, there's another episode tonight. So uh yeah i'm liking these back uh these mondays and tuesdays uh back to back uh uh be at bachelors in paradise shows it's uh I'm, I'm liking it well i i know that we do have the Mooseheads preview next week and then, then the sea dogs after that i do believe so you may want to be caught up for two weeks oh, we'll yeah. see if we can get jamie toes we're gonna have a half hour bachelor yeah in paradise, no exactly so. we're gonna introduce the show and then i'm just gonna sit back jeremy's gonna host the uh bachelor in paradise update on our show so if you're not caught up within the next couple weeks get caught up big uh big bachelor in paradise uh segment coming up uh hell's kitchen young guns are you caught up caught up yeah. uh we're getting to the black jackets we are next week the uh, black jackets final seven and there's uh we got antonio Bryn, emily kaya megan steve and trenton mm-hmm. uh, for me i like kaya or trenton yeah i'm a big uh, big trenton fan myself uh and yeah i got I'm, I'm with you i think they're both uh um i like Bryn for the sake of you know she's she's Bryn. she's yeah. you know yeah she's a talented uh, uh Cook. In, the, in the yep yep yeah. uh and uh yeah i like i like that i like uh, trenton or kaya i think steve's a bit of a wild card steve, he's a little you know, quiet but he's he's, he's, he's if a he really can good find cook, his yeah. voice yeah yeah uh i think he's got a legitimate chance uh to maybe take uh take down a trenton mm-hmm. in, in one of the uh, final episodes but uh no, next week's gonna be fun. I mean, uh, there's seven left. Five get black jackets, so two two are going home next week. You got a prediction on which two you think it is? I think oh, it's gonna I be go Antonio. Yeah, Antonio, and, and I think uh, Megan. Yeah, Megan or, or Bryn would be my guess. Oh, okay, two reds. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So Antonio, and then either Megan or Bryn. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. So one right. of, one of that uh, that scenario, I think, is gonna play down. All right, well, we'll we'll get back and we'll uh, we'll see who gets the black jackets next week. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, Moncton Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, as well TikTok. We're doing more videos. We'll see how that continues to go. And here on the YouTube, uh, please don't forget to like and subscribe there. Quick question: Let's uh, you know we did a poll again. We did, um, and the question was: Do you support mandatory vaccinations in order to attend QMJHL games? I know last week we. Talked about where we're going to have that. Uh, the OHL come out and said all fans attending games will have to have the double vaccine. Uh, the poll is it finished up uh, about 97 votes. Uh, 89% said yes, they are in favor of it. 11% said no. I Obviously, I'm very much in favor of this. My only question with this is how is it going to work, especially... I have no doubt eventually the QMJ is going to get to this point. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'll see teams do it before the league announces it. it. Just I think they'll wait to see if it's a league mandated thing. My only question is how is this going to work for you know season ticket holders? It's too late now. The season tickets have already been printed or processed, or it's it's fairly soon. 
they gonna have people stamping every ticket? Like, you know, I know the Mooseheads went to uh, digital tickets. Mm-hmm. So is it gonna be something where you take a picture of your vaccine card that says you're double vaxxed and that's what you carry? Are they gonna allow you to have a picture on your phone? Because I don't really feel like I want to carry my vaccine paper. It's not even a card yet to every home game. And I feel like as a season ticket holder, I know they have the season ticket entrance. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the first game or two, if they can keep an usher, the same usher who sees the same faces week after week. Um, so that they know like, Hey, Adam and Layla, they've got the double vax. They have their season tickets. They come through this entrance. Um, I just, I just wonder how it's going to work. I totally support doing it. Uh, you're seeing more and more professional teams. I know the Oilers just announced the flames announced, um, all Blue Jays, Blue Jays, the CFL, Canucks. except for Edmonton and uh, <laughs> Edmonton and Saskatchewan. But I feel like the the Elks are going to be not far behind if the Oilers have announced everything. So, um, and I mean, if the Oilers are doing it, the Oil Kings will be doing it. So mm-hmm. you got to feel the WHL. But uh, obviously, I, I I have a feeling you're with the eighty nine percent. Hundred percent. I I'm in full support of this. Hundred percent of the eighty nine percent. Hundred percent of the. 80. <laughs> it works sixty percent of the time, time, all the time. Yeah. Um, no, I mean it's uh, not very many people know this, but you you know the the website that you went on to book your vaccine appointment, uh, you can actually go on there and make an appointment to get a digital vaccination certificate. Um, I've I haven't done it yet. Right. Um, I'm try. I've got it tear up on on the computer screen, so I I don't know even how it's how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you just go in the same way you'd go in and like you know book your book your vaccine, uh, and you know it's it chooses you know is it your first dose, second dose, third dose? Well, I guess those th- no third doses, but one of the options is you know something about a a digital. Um, here it is right here. Uh, my health, New Brunswick registration code appointment. Um, must have a New Brunswick Medicare card to verify, uh, something. And it just, uh, if you already have a, my health account with your registration code, you don't need a new code log, log on to see your immunization record. So you can, uh, I guess you can actually go on and, and get something like a digital, something vaccination record yeah um so i'm I'm, you know it's not it's not uh well known yet um but i know there's you know within there's talks within new brunswick government of having like the the whole vaccine passport thing which you know quebec is uh is is coming up with as of september 1st i think bc's doing the same uh and i wouldn't be surprised if if a lot of the provinces uh, come up and do the same too so um yeah keep keep an eye on that because yeah i don't i don't want to be bringing my vaccine point uh you know papers to to every game so that just that's a recipe for losing it right exactly and then then you're up uh, shots creek without a paddle or (laughs) whatever you want to say but it's it's uh are you a little surprised they have the queue hasn't announced something yet i know should should win again the Schwinnigan that has the test, the preseason game, they're doing the – you got to show vaccine to get into it. I feel like it's one of the teams is using is that, preseason game. Is it game. tonight? It um, might be. Yeah, because I, I just, think it's Schwinnigan that's using it. I think it. it must be because I actually just saw on Twitter that there's uh, protesters outside the the Cataracts Arena protesting the whole vaccine passport thing while the game's going on. So it's it's got to be that. Uh, but, yeah. You, <laughs> what a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> Time could be better set actually getting the vaccine and enjoying a hockey game. Exactly. Right? So bad. So but yeah, no, I, I, I don't doubt that uh we're gonna have them. I just I just wonder what the policy is going to be as we go into like is there something on Ticketmaster that mm-hmm. you're gonna have to fill out or after you buy your tickets then you get there because and my favorite argument, especially when I was reading some of the comments on the pro rings. Well, if I have to show my report, then I want the usher that takes my ticket to show his report and the guy that handles my food. Seriously? Don't you think that maybe the guy that got the job probably had to prove that he's double vaccinated to get yeah, the job exactly. as this thing's starting to roll out? So yeah. um, it's a little ridiculous. But, yeah, no, at some point it's going to happen. And, uh, you know, just like Jeremy said last week, just go get your vaccination. Mm-hmm. Like, We're not going to get political. We're not going to tell you what to do. But if you want to be cool like us... Probably should get your vaccination. Eventually, it's going to be mandatory. Yeah, like, everywhere. You, know, you won't be able to go anywhere else nope. without it. So you might as well get it. Nope, that's exactly. All right. Uh, no news and notes from around the queue because, I mean, the 
we don't really have a lot going on as preseason. So, you know, I mean, there's cuts everywhere, but we don't need to get into all that. So let's just stick, uh, stick close to home. Wildcast training camp report. All right. Well, I kind of forgot. I thought there was an ending music to that. Only one week. And I already forgot the end of the, uh, the end of the music there. Uh, last week, Thursday, Friday, the Wildcats rookies went up against the St. John rookies on uh, Friday night. Some cuts were made after that as the event, as the veterans rolled into town. Um, it, not much, like, like we said, there wasn't much we were going to hold against this team in these two rookie games against pretty vet, uh, you know, veteran laden roster in St. John. Um, we, we both went to the game on, on third Friday, Friday, Friday night at, uh, the propane plex, as I call it now, <laughs> the superior propane center. <laughs> to Jeremy, let you in a little secret here. Jeremy came to pick me up to go to the game, oh, and yes. uh, I meant I just put those two words together: fourplex and superior propane center, and come up with propane plex. And uh, Jeremy's that's now I'm on board name. with it. Yeah, we're on board with it. Legal name change. Bring, um, bring it to the lawyer. <laughs> Your thoughts on that game from Friday? Um, it. it it was pretty tough to gauge when you're playing against, uh, you know, a Cameron McDonald, uh, a Peter Reynolds, especially, you know, down. Nothing better than seeing those guys roll out down 7-2, a couple minutes left, getting those power play minutes in a rookie game. But uh, I think the guys that earned the spot to get to main camp deserved to be where they are. Uh, yeah, I mean, as part of those that first round of cuts, um, I was probably most surprised to see Dawson Rowe part of that group. Uh, I was, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing him around camp for much longer. Yeah. Uh, he had now he, he had, had a, a rough game. he had a rough he night, had a rough game on Friday. Uh, but in, he can't be he can't be faulted. Um, yeah. You know, on a few goals, it was just terrible defense, uh, terrible D, and uh, but apparently, uh, you know, the scouts and and uh, Richie and everybody else saw something else that. We didn't, so they uh, they sent uh, Dawson Rowe packing in, in, in wonder, the first. Uh, I wonder how much of it was Dawson Rowe and how much was Couture, who's still here, right? Who yeah, well, that's another thing, right? Uh, Couture has been very impressive, uh-huh. um, and he continues to be very impressive. So, uh, you know, there's there's. I'm not going to take much away from that from that game. Uh, I, I will say that you know I was a bit surprised to see uh, Rowe part of the first group of cuts. Other than that, there was no no surprises. You know, there's still players around that I think are more surprising. Uh, I, I think of a player like Luke Santilli, uh, you know, American, you know, he's not going to play any exhibition games because he then, you know, loses his uh, NCAA eligibility. But, um, no, just haven't seen much from him to, to warrant being still in camp. Uh, but it makes me wonder if he's still here because he was kind of a late ad and they're just kind of letting uh, – they want to see what he can – get i mean he's i don't know what the rules are with that um most americans leave after 48 hours unless yep. they're guaranteed a spot um so he's, he's paying his own way right now i don't think he's so that's uh interesting uh, story to follow but you know I, I i expect him be to be a part of the of the next uh, group of cuts the uh the red white game there saturday he didn't you know that was a game you, you saw the rookies that were going to get uh, that were coming up. Um, you know, Mercier, Bayerjean. I'm trying to think of some other ones that were Moran. Moran, off the top of my head. Uh, uh, who was the other one there that was uh, Dolomont? It was the first time I got to see mm-hmm. him play. Saracen, um, Bacaro. He's he's an interesting cat. He's a feisty one. I'll tell you that much. But you know, I I I only saw the one game on Saturday. I thought or Sunday. I thought Santilli played well. Um, that was a game that you know the rookies that stepped in that earned the spot moving up. Um, you know, when the veterans come in, the, the game generally gets faster mm-hmm. and it still was a lot of, uh, what do you call it when there's a lot of turnovers up the middle? What do you always tweet out? Oh, something about, uh, cooking up, uh, cooking up a fresh batch of turnovers. Yeah. And yeah. you can tell because in the red and white games, there's no real structure to come out of your zone. So, you know, they're just trying to get pucks, pucks out of the zone. So a lot of turnovers up the middle, but I thought Santelli played pretty well. Um, the one guy that, you know, I guess we kind of talked about on the way home after the game on Friday, um, that we hadn't seen. And he was the first part prior to the cuts because he was the, I guess, Oh four Oh five was Bryson Curry. Yeah. We didn't, mm-hmm. because practices were closed. We didn't get to see the guy at all. Um, he, I don't even think he played a red white game. So 
I think for me, that's the, that's the surprising one as, as well. Um, Tyler guy. Um, he was, he was dealt for, um, LeBlanc, LeBlanc, yeah. and you kind of think, you know, a, a guy that's traded for a guy that played minutes last year, he might not be in that first set, maybe in the second set. So for me, uh, you know, Bryson Curry, cause we had talked about in the draft, he was the, the Oh five that they took or the Oh four. Um, so to not even see him play really at all was a little bit surprising for me, but I think every guy that's been here and continues to play here and is playing tonight as they are up by quite a bit. Spoiler alert. If you've already watched the game, um, every guy that's been here has been, uh, exactly what they are. And the, the goaltending battle is, is interesting. There's it's heating up. Yeah. Heating up. Uh, and yeah. I think Thomas Couture has made his, I think his games, I went back and looked 14, 14 saves, 15 shots, one goal. I think he earned that that second half, earned mm-hmm. him the extra spot at camp, and now they can just roll out four goalies instead of trying to have a weird mix of five. Right. Uh, you know, and he, he actually hasn't allowed many goals this, this entire training camp, so no. uh, he's been a pleasant surprise. Um, you know, he's not – He's no, uh, you know, he's no stranger to the queue. I think he's, you know, I think he was drafted by Ramuski, um, played for, um, I think it was Levy's goaltender when uh, um, they had that magical year where they, you know, won almost every game and then lost in the first round of the playoffs uh-huh. when, when Joshua Wah was uh, the stud. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's 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 got his taste in the queue now, and he's 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 making his mark. So you know. Um, a goalie like Sheehan, you know, it's it's don't get too comfortable back there. No, nope. um, and, and you know, same goes for for Demati. You got to keep battling uh, to to earn your to earn your spot because you know it's a these th- that backup spot's up for grabs and it could be any one of these those three guys. And that's and you know I've I've said it from day one. I was excited to see this battle of who was going to back up for Philion because you know he's he's the guy and this isn't even over like it. You're gonna see the the veteran guys, uh, you know, get cut as we get closer to the season. And you know, is Moncton going to go with two 16, 17 year old goaltenders, two very young goaltenders in a season of rebuilding? Right. I don't. I don't think. I mean, this Philly on net. You know. You know, it's his yep, net. Yeah. Um. I, I at this point, I don't think they. I think that the 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 team has full trust in him that they don't need to go out and get a veteran goaltender as a backup. There's no reason for that. Uh, it, at this point, it's just wasted assets. Like, Philion should be getting, you know, 50, 60, 50, 60% of the starts at least. Oh, they're going to say 50 out of 68 games. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, he should be getting that's impressive. Least, he should be getting at least, you know, 55, 60% of the starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is his draft year, um, so he, he's going to want to play. And uh, he's, uh, you know, he's going he's gonna to prove that uh, – that why he was a big piece of that uh, that trade. He should be getting the the games the backup should be getting are the back to back nights and the three mm-hmm. and four nights. Like there's, it's it's his net and he's fully earned it. Uh, um, vets being back the the twenty year old battle is a bit of an interesting one. Um, you've got Daou, DeGrossier, uh, Bernier, and Stewart and. You know, we're going to get into our roster here in a little bit when we uh, when we finish our chat uh, with our view from the other bench uh, coming up in a little bit. But it just is a uh, – how do I want to word this? Um, what type of player are you looking for? Um, you, you, Daou and DeGrossier, those, those two are, are locked in as two of your 20-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Um, are you looking for a Jake Stewart who – you know, nothing against him. He's bottom six forward. Uh, very good on faceoffs. Earned it last year with faceoffs. Um, pa- penalty kill guy. Can win you the big draw if he needs to and get rid right off the ice. Um, or are you looking for, you know, a little bit more skill and speed in a Gabriel Bernier, who is a winger? Because down the middle, as much as, uh, you know, as much as veteran defenseman and and all that down the middle is one of the most important spots. And you've got Daou uh, as your number one. You've got Labelle or Tybal. Uh, I either way on that one. Um, you know Casey Stewart. It, you know it's a, it's kind of a pick your poison. It's going to be very diff, very 
interesting to see which which way they go with with those two players because I don't see them keeping four again. No, hundred percent not. Uh, I don't think you can look past um, Jake Stewart's leadership. Uh, I think that's that's the thing that's going to keep him on this team. Well said. Um, look, I, I've been pretty vocal about Jake Stewart um, for three, at least two yeah, years, yeah. at least two, at least two years. Yeah. Um, but it has come to the point where uh, I think you need him on this team. Uh, I don't care if he's playing. I don't care if we have a forty, a twenty-year-old Jake Stewart on the fourth line. It sounds ridiculous, but it makes sense because mm-hmm. on the fourth line is where these young guys are going to play, and there's no better person for these young guys to play with than Jake Stewart. Yeah, uh, you know the, the young guys are going to be able to score. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, they're fast and they're skilled. It doesn't add up to Jake Stewart's hockey playing style. Yeah. Um, but they're going to learn a lot from him just by being on uh, on a line with, with him. So I got to go with Daoud, De Grosse, and, and Stewart as my, my 320s. You, you just, I mean, if Bernier's on the team, he's a top six guy, and there's no room for him on the top six. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as, as funny as that sounds, um, there's no room for him on the top six. And we'll tell you why here in a little bit, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah, it's you're bang on, and Jake Stewart will be to a young guy what Hudson was to Langlois, right? Like just on Men- his mentorship, line, mentorship, yep, showing him the ropes, and, and not only just the guys on his line. There's a lot of young guys on here, and you need that veteran presence to show these guys how to be. You know that Richie talks about it. Everyone, you know, Alex Coche talked about it. Anyone talks about the Wildcat way. You need to have that veteran, these veterans in here to show these guys how to be players night in and night out. Because, I mean, even though they played 20, 30 some games and made the playoffs, it's still a different animal when you're going to play a 68 game grind season. You're not going to get a two month break in between where you're just going to get to rest up your body and feel good going in the dog days of, of winter into January and February. So, um, it's, we've talked about it week after week. It is an interesting battle. And, It'll be, I I don't envy Richie. We always want that cool job, but man, this is the time when it's mm-hmm. not an easy job to. Well, hey man, Dan Lacroix, but uh, as well as the coaching staff, but it's not not an easy job. Um, we're gonna preview some of the games. We're gonna preview the one tonight as we we're recording, and uh, right now it's not uh very good if you're a Bathurst fan right now in an early preseason game. Uh, no, that isn't that. The the Wildcats are putting the nuts. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, putting the boots to him. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, radar uh, moment there. Um, it's currently uh, six nothing for the Wildcats after the uh, oh. second period, uh, dominating the game uh, 30, 32 to sixteen in the shots. Um, big ups to Preston uh, Lansbury, who is ten for thirteen in the faceoff dot right now. Um, so that is uh, a Jake nice... Stewart leadership teaching him how to take face offs yeah, right a, there. That is nice to see from a 16 year old. Uh, but yeah, this, uh, I mean, you look through it, a buyer's on two assists plus two, uh, Mueller, uh, a goal <laughs> plus one <laughs> DeRosier, a goal in plus three. Where's that coming from? Um, OJ, a goal and assist plus two. Picaro fighting. Picaro fighting. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, young guys are looking good. Uh, no, uh, no complaints so far in this game. Hopefully, we see some more of the same uh, demain soir ou ce soir, whenever you decide to listen. And Thomas Couture, thirteen for thirteen, yeah, that's uh, right. Ends the game again. Just doesn't let goals in, and he's played two games. He's a, mm-hmm. he's uh, my math isn't really correct, so I won't go save percentages in the two games. But he's only allowed one goal in his two half starts that he's had. So. Um, you know, Gio's got some work to do in the second second half of this game. I think it's just after the second period, uh, second period intermission as we get going. Mm-hmm. So now, will this roster be the same tomorrow? Unlikely. I think we'll see a few more of the veterans at home. I don't think you'll see the Daus and the um, who else? Uh, De Grossier. Um, I think you'll see a few more guys like you know, 
Pavin, Barbashev, a couple second-year guys. I don't think you'll see the 18-, 19-year-olds. Um, because playing at home, playing in the in the in front of fans, you're going to show off the guys that, you know. Yeah, you're, I think it'll be a mix. Uh, we got um, – but at the same time, you know, you – when you want your young guys to play, especially the ones yeah, from yeah. Quebec who, yep. you know, they, they haven't been in much uh, action. Um, you know, you, you Thursday and Friday night, I don't think Mercier paid, played Thursday, but Moran had placed, has played Thursday. He played Friday. He played both scrimmages, and he's playing tonight and probably going to play tomorrow. Yep. Because uh, this is a guy, who, you know, I wouldn't be surprised under the table if he's already signed. Um, so they're going to get him into as much as much hockey. Um, Mercier, maybe different story. Um, there's rumblings that he's playing hurt. Uh, we don't want to disclose the injury, uh, but there's rumblings that he's playing hurt. Um, but the fact that he's still playing the way he is, warrior speaks to his character. Yeah, he wants um, to be on the team, putting up points. He's still he's still fast out there. Uh, and he looks good. So if it's true that he's playing hurt, then uh, then wow, you know that's that's super impressive. But I, th- I think that's the mindset, right? Get these get these young guys into as much action as possible. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's because they didn't play last year. OJ didn't play last year. Byers didn't play last year. Murray didn't play last year. Mercier didn't play last year. Uh, you know, these are guys they're gonna want to get these kids playing uh, to to get them back into the uh, into the group of things. I wonder what the two goalies will be like. I wonder if Sheehan will get one of these. Uh, I wonder if he'll play tomorrow. Because they got these two, and they got two more, I believe, before the the Labor Day break, right? Mm-hmm. So I uh, be I don't know if we'll see Philly on before they come back. I feel like he's a goaltender that we see after they come back from the, the holiday there, last four games. And when the season starts to kind of get cranked out, you're going to use him a lot. You don't need him. He's got really nothing to prove in these games. Nope. Practice. Give him the the month off, and uh, I think we'll see him once the the rosters kind of take shape in in the in the um, maritime division as we're playing these teams in the preseason. So, yeah, it, get down to the Uniplex. It's tomorrow at seven o'clock in Dieppe. I'm excited to go. Will you be there tonight? Uh, I guess I'm tonight. Be on, Sorry, I'll probably be on daughter duty. So that's a yes. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I doubt I'll. Let's doubt go, I'll, Avery. We're going to a hockey game. Uh, yeah, I doubt I'll be there. Uh, she's uh, way off on the old sleeping schedule right now. So, Yee. with school starting in a couple of weeks, we need to get her back to bed at a at a decent time so that she's not falling asleep in uh, grade one French immersion. <laughs> All right. Well, since we're talking about uh, other maritime teams, we might as well get uh, get right to it. We're going to bring back view from the other bench. So uh, let's uh, let's have a chat with a good old friend that we haven't seen in or talked to in quite a while. View from the other bench. All right, we're back for another year of view from the other bench, and we're doing the preseason previews again in the Maritime Division. We're going to get started with the uh, team, well, that we haven't seen since last year's preseason. So talk about two completely different teams. We're going to take a look at the Cape Breton Eagles, who went 12, 25, and 1 for 25 points, which tying them with Moncton, uh, but... They chose not to play in the playoffs. So, uh, but we are going to talk to voice of the Eagles, friend of the show, Mr. Pat McNeil. How are you doing tonight? Have you picked up your jaw off the floor from this past weekend in the wrestling world? <laughs> I think I'm up to three or four watches of the <laughs> CM Punk intro. And I'll just tell a quick story before we talk about hockey. A buddy of mine has a four year old son, and he watches YouTube videos with him every Saturday morning. Yep. And. The kid was, like, screaming to watch YouTube, and he's like, no, 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 Daddy's got to watch this little thing. He's only planning on watching Punk. And then as soon as Punk came out and the people started going nuts, his son didn't care about YouTube anymore and was totally captivated. (laughs) So CM Punk's return is such a big deal. It's captivating people who were three years from being alive the last time he wrestled. So, yeah, very exciting. And, of course, you know, the, the questionable booking of Becky Lynch, the knockout drag affair between Dragunov and Walter. Lots to talk about, but this is a hot podcast. Oh, perhaps unfortunately, but uh, I could stop wrestling for a while. Yeah. I'm excited for the key season coming up. My, my, I guess my only last question on the wrestling, the Saturday SummerSlam, was that, is that going to be new for WWE instead of Sundays? Because I was taken aback that it was a Saturday, or was that, like, is that is that a new thing now? Because I know WrestleMania went to the two nights, but are they just trying to do the Saturday stuff? 
Okay, so two things on Saturday, all the wrestling that was going on, on top of all that, I was at a wrestling show here in in New Waterford on Saturday. I was ringing the bell, and there was a great Celtic Roots championship match between a Dick Durning and the champion Charlie Hubley. That match will be on Facebook, and I definitely <laughs> recommend looking that up. So that was great. And as for the Saturday SummerSlam, my understanding is that Nick Khan, who's like one of the higher-ups there in WWE, not to be confused with Tony Khan, no relation. Oh, okay. He was saying that uh, Las Vegas is traditionally a Saturday town when it comes to events. So that was why it was Saturday. Other than that, I would expect they keep the pay-per-view Sunday. But with money in the bank, money in the bank going to Allegiant next year, that could be on a Saturday. But yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think this is a permanent change for WWE. All right. Well, we might as well talk some hockey since we got you for a while. Right? Uh, I suppose since we're here, yeah. <laughs> kind of our gig. I haven't watched wrestling in a while, so I'll I'll, I'll focus on on the hockey. <laughs> uh, one thing I've mentioned, Pat, on, on the show a few times is uh, I know you kind of have to. You know, play your cards. Uh, you know, when you answer this question, but uh, um, when you when you talk to Cape Breton Eagles fans, what are their uh, overall uh, feelings on the return on the uh, second overall pick? Yeah, that's interesting. I think the jury is still out. I think the initial reaction was some disappointment, but I think the big thing to factor in there is that this draft was not a normal draft, and obviously, too, the one thing to note there is people who are upset are always going to be louder than the people that aren't. It, that's yeah. not to say that that's not a valid opinion to have out of the box. The other thing, too, is you're coming off a season where we didn't see the Quebec teams play, so we don't know anything about Connor Shortle. And also, too, training camp is limited, so fans haven't really got to see Emil Perron, who the Eagles picked up overall. I think had they seen him, you know, that might uh, increase the perception of the trade because uh, he's been you know, very good. No disrespect to Tyler Peddle, who's also been very good in the early going of uh, Drummondville's camp, mm-hmm. but you're right to starting that starting with that question because that is going to be the topic of this season. But it's also one of those things where it could be a few years before we really know the return. We don't know how good Perron is going to be, how good Shorter will be, how good Pedal will be. But it's uh, going to be an interesting thing to watch for sure. But there is uh, some skepticism uh, early on, but I think those who've seen Perron are impressed with him and obviously – how he plays is going to be a big part of how that trade's evaluated. And so far, so good on that end, and really, I guess, for both teams. Just following up on the on the whole draft, uh, obviously you got the uh, Emil Perron pick, 15 years old, I guess 16 now, but looks like he's 30. Um, but, <laughs> True, uh, he's a very uh, mature-looking guy. He very he very well is. Uh, but, yeah, just overall impressions on, on him so far, and, and along with, uh, I guess we'll go with Cam Squires and uh, Moncton kid uh, Luke Patterson. Yeah, first, uh, give you a little note on Perron you might find interesting. A couple things. His dad was actually drafted by the 1997 Scream Eagles, and he elected not to come to camp because at that time, you know, there was a lot uh, a lot more uncertainty about coming to the Maritimes if you're from Quebec, and he wasn't a high-end prospect. And another interesting fact is Emil Perron at the time is being billeted by Nathan McNeil, and if you know that last name, it's because his brother Nick, former Eagle star, and now Moncton Wildcats assistant coach. So a little tie-in there for you. So Perron has been, you know, as I said, very good. I like what we've seen of Squires. Obviously, at camps uh, kind of just getting going as we record this. Yeah. The way the Eagles set it up, you had the three black and white games with just rookies, and then the veterans got pumped in. And, you know, the veterans really elevated the level of play. No, no question about that. But I like yeah, I like what I've seen from Squires so far. Uh, Xavier Dagg was the team's second-round pick, and he's a very flashy defenseman. You might have to try to rein that in a little bit. That might be a situation where he gets sent back to work on that. And I don't know uh, what you guys have seen from the captain camp so far, but I think it's going to be very interesting to watch how teams handle their Quebec prospects, where a guy like Dagg and Perron, of course, too, they didn't get to play in major, major midget hockey or, or U18 hockey last year. So, perhaps teams will be more willing to send uh, highly drafted players back, and that's not a knock on their skill set. It's just you know, the reality of what we've seen. Uh, but the other thing, too, I know this is not the question you're asking, but I know with the Eagles, because of the camp limitations last year, we're getting our first look at some of the 2020 draft picks, and uh, some of them have been impressive. Uh, Nicholas Hogue has uh, had a touch for the net, for sure, and uh, Kiefer Lyons, I think, is probably the biggest story in uh, training camp thus far. And, of course, uh, if you're a big hockey fan in New Brunswick, you probably know that name because he led the NBPEI League in scoring last year. And he certainly looked good. So there's going to be a lot of competition for spots. Um, do you think there's going to be, as the season goes on, if Perron is uh, you know, with the Eagles for, for most of the year, do you think pressure will be on this kid? Unfairly, obviously, but because he was the player picked, and it probably wouldn't matter what player they picked 
if pedal continues to have the success because i mean jeremy and i talked about it you know there probably weren't a lot of teams looking to get up to the eagles pick and you know if if you're not sure if if pedal's gonna to to report and and play you got to try and move it for what you can but do you feel that Perron will have this unfair pressure or is are people barely like like you said just kind of waiting and and seeing what what he's going to be like pressure certainly for those that were critical of the deal at the beginning and you know not everybody that goes to the game every night is you know that in tune with with the product although certainly a lot are for sure so and of course there's other elements to the deal as well you're getting extra picks and you're getting shortle as well on the back end so that uh, is, is another factor as well so I think there is some pressure, but I, you know, we, we were joking about how, you know, he, he looks like he's 30 years old, but he also has a very good head on his shoulder. So I don't think that's going to phase him too much. And I think, too, what people should remember, and I think this is kind of being misconstrued in some cases of a pedal said no to Cape Breton and said yes to Drummondville. And that's yeah. not the case, as we know. He was very, he was very open about his indecisiveness, and yet Drummondville ends up being able to report, get him to report. You know, maybe that would happen to Cape Breton. We'll never know. So, yeah, I think it'll be some additional pressure on Perron, but I think uh, it'll be narrow to the point that he'll be able to handle it. And again, we're obviously, uh, you know, basing this off very limited yeah. uh, what we've seen of him so far. But uh, like I said, he seems to have a very good head on his shoulders. It seems mature both on and off the ice. So look forward to seeing him develop for sure. Uh, yeah, I feel like if, if you're a smart hockey fan, you're not going to compare those numbers to those players during their Q careers. You just, it, it is what it is. Um, you know, in, in goal, uh, you know, I like to talk goaltenders all the time. And we had you on last year, a couple times with, uh, just after the draft talking about, uh, Ruccia and, um, you know, he split games with Gamard basically even last year against Charlottetown and, and Halifax, basically, cause you got tired of seeing the same, same teams. Um, yeah. you know, first round pick second goalie taken, obviously Philion was the first, is this uh, is this his net on a rebuilding team, or is this another? Uh, you know, the cage is up for grabs with with the guy they acquired in in Delafonte from Shakutami, who you know just kind of was in a situation where he wasn't going to probably play a whole lot behind Shank. I feel like Delafontaine could push Ruchia for starts, and that's not a flight against Ruchia. But Delafontaine has looked really good in camp. There was also a lot of uh, disparity between different rankings. So I know coming into the Q draft, there were some teams that would have had Delafontaine ahead of Ruchia. And it's one of those situations where the Eagles knew they were trading Felix LaFrance to Shakutami, and it was, you know, you try to get the best assets you can get. And given the fact the Eagles are confident that Rucci is going to be a very good goaltender down the road, maybe it's not ideal to get a goaltender, but if that goaltender is heads above any other prospect that Shakutami is offering you, you take him, and we'll see what ends up happening. It's kind of similar to the dynamic we saw a few years ago in Cape Breton with Kevin Mandelise and Kyle Jessamine. Jessamine was a second-rounder, just like Bill Fontaine is. Mandelise, first-rounder, but the difference in this case is the two players are the same age. And unfortunately, Delafontaine last year didn't get to have his starts, so that's a bit unfortunate. But it'll be interesting to see. You know, obviously, the camp battles are still going on. He was drafted at Thomas Pigeon in the 11th round. He's actually in 04. He's not in 05. So he's in his first training camp at Frederick Plourd, who played Junior A last year in Truro. He played one period on Good Friday last year. He's <laughs> in the mix as well. But certainly, Arucha and Delafontaine are in the driver's seat there, and it's going to be interesting to see. You know, obviously, it wouldn't be an adjustment for Rucci if Delafontaine takes some starts away from him because, you know, he was the backup last season. So yeah. it's going to be an interesting dynamic. It's always uh, it's always fun, I think, when you have two goaltenders the same age. I, mean, I think it'll be the, the job for Rucci to lose, but I also know that the Eagles will want to get Delafontaine some big starts if he is the guy that ends up winning the, the second goaltender spot, which you know, obviously is the favorite to, to do so. So, yeah, I think there's, uh, there's definitely still some questions uh, to be answered in Cape Breton regarding goaltending. And as I said, that's not a knock against Rucci. I think he's going to be great, but... The, there could be two great goalies, and it'll be fun to watch for sure. And goaltending, traditionally, if you go back to the early days of the Eagles, was always a strength that I think, uh, regardless of whether one or both take the ball, fans in Cape Breton look forward to that in the future. What's your outlook on the uh, on the season there, Pat? Like, who's uh, who do you got on your on your radar as uh, you know forward wise that will take uh, the biggest step forward? And uh, I guess same same would go on the uh, on the on the back end. Well, I think up front, uh, not ready to be a star yet, but I think there's uh, long-term hopes for Lucas Manning to be a power forward in this league. He had two goals last year. You can't read too much into that. It's tough for 16-year-olds to play in the view, as you know. I'll be interested to see what Dawson Stairs does as a true veteran, as a 19-year-old. Uh, Connor Trenholm, I think, is the guy that people are going to be really watching. You, 
if you know his story, he missed a number of years in his minor hockey career due to a suspected heart condition. So just getting to play his third year of junior in a row, you know, he's going to have that experience going to Florida rookie camp. That'll be good. So those are two names to watch for up front. And on the side note about Trenholm, he is only 18, and yet he is the most experienced player in terms of games played with the Eagles. <laughs> and also uh, tying into that, that there are no three Eagles left in Bay Breton. There are, there are some around the queue. You have Ryan Francis and St. John, Felix LaFrance, and Scrutiny and Alex Drover and Ramuski. I know there's a couple others I'm forgetting, but none of them are in Cape Breton, so that's uh, kind of an interesting fact. And on that topic, not to get too sidetracked here, but we're slowly uh, starting to uh, lose the players in the queue that used to play in the Moncton Coliseum. Not too many of those left uh, around the queue these days either. No. But when you look on the back end, uh, big year writing for F.J. Buto, he was a fifth-round pick in 2020. The Eagles only drafted. Eagles drafted three players in 2020 in the fifth round, and Buto was the only one that, that was invited to camp. And he ended up making the team at a camp and had a good rookie season and ended up getting thrust in top four responsibilities quite a bit because of the frequent injuries to LaRose and Baker on the back end. So I think uh, he's going to have another year to grow into his shoes. And the big one on the back end is Jeremy Langlois because he, his birthday is just past the, um, the cutoff for the NHL draft. So he'll be in his 18-year-old season in his NHL draft year, and you know he was really starting to come into his own. I remember a game he played at Halifax just before he got injured where he had three points, was the first star, and you were just really starting to see why the Eagles picked this guy in the first round. So he's going to be a guy to watch as well. He should be a lot of fun to watch, and I think people are going to really around the league discover how good he is this season. One of the things Jeremy and I chatted about last week was the, the leadership group here in Moncton and you know who would wear the C if there was going to be a C. Um, you know, the Eagles with, you know, trading Sean element last year, losing Jared Baker, uh, obviously to age, um, you know, the, the players you talked about trend home, uh, stairs, it, is this a team that even La Rochelle that came from Victoriaville, is this a team that, that has a captain and some assistance, or is this a, a young team that wears the A's and, and just kind of see who stands out? Uh, I feel like it could be a leadership by committee situation because it's going to boil down to whether the team wants to put its leadership in the homegrown players like Trent Holman Langwell would be your two examples to a lesser extent stairs because he was there in the second half of last season or La Rochelle just won the president's cup with Victoriaville and yeah. Nicholas Girard comes in as a you know very capable 20 year old forward. You also have Neil Hager, Neil who was here last year, the 19th. So it's going to be interesting to see traditionally the Eagles, at least in the Jake Grimes era have tended to lean towards the guys that have been with the team. But you know, guy like La Rochelle, defenseman on a President's Cup championship team, you know, it's kind of hard to, to knock that pedigree. So it'll be tough to perhaps narrow down guys to who you want to give the letters to. And, you know, the old cliche goes, it's true, is you don't need a, a letter to be a leader. Yeah. And he also, the Eagles have, have shown a history of being a bit liberal with, uh, with handing out letters. If you look at the second half of the 2019-2020 season, I think it was seven different players had letters because you had your captain and then you had three different alternates at home in a way. So that was a, mind you, that was a veteran laden team, but they're not, they're not afraid to do unorthodox things like that. So who knows what kind of leadership structure we'll see in Cape Breton. We'll be guessing until uh, captains are named. We're good. Uh, we're finally going to see, I guess, uh, another sense, sense of normalcy with a regular season. Are you uh, just how excited are you to get back into some of those uh, Quebec ranks? Oh, absolutely. Super excited. Excited to see players in Quebec. And, yeah. you know, throughout the last few years, obviously, I've made a lot of friends on the media side in Quebec and then missed seeing those people last year. We didn't get to go to Moncton last year, so I look forward to seeing you guys and everyone else in Moncton again. And, obviously, uh, there's other things. Like, I'm really excited to see the new rink in Gatineau, the Slush Puppy Center. It looks <laughs> beautiful in the photos. I know that it's a ridiculous-sounding <laughs> name, but I do look forward to seeing it. Uh, it is a big upgrade on the Roberger-Den Arena, for sure. Yeah. You know, I think uh, from a star power point of view, it does seem like the balance of power has maybe tilted back to the Maritimes this year. You kind of look at St. John and Charlottetown look likely to buck buttheads and Bathurst is right there as well. And that's not as an affront to any of the other teams in the division, but you know, a lot of big name players on those teams, but it's still nice to see teams uh, in the rest of the league, you know, especially looking to back. They want to host the Memorial cup. So they're going to have a, a really good team. So look forward to seeing all those players, buildings and, uh, staff and atmospheres and all that that we missed out on seeing last year. And I should also note that I'm very excited for our Quebec-born players who get a chance to play in those rinks. I know since I've taken over for the Eagles, one of the games I look forward to every year, and the roster, I don't, I haven't broken down the construction, and we don't know what it is yet, but it, 
the game we played Blaineville has always been special because there's always had a lot of Montreal area players. There's always a lot of Eagles fans at those games. So I look forward to seeing all that stuff that we missed last season. Never thought you'd miss the bus, eh? <laughs> well, you talked to me after that uh, first <laughs> long road trip. I mean, it might have a different opinion. But yeah, ideally, uh, fingers crossed, we won't be wearing masks on the bus all season. I don't know if the verdict has uh, come down on that yet, but uh, that was certainly something different last year, you know, and hopefully support all the safe regulations and whatnot, but hopefully uh, there comes a time, hopefully soon, that it's safe to take the masks off uh, to start the season, but we'll see that's uh, out of our hands. Well, we know that you're a very busy guy, uh, so we'll let you get on with the camp, and I know there's an Eagles game as we're recording this, so um, we'll let you get back to that game. We did notice, however, you did not say you were excited to see Jeremy and I in Moncton this year, as you were talking about I did about say this. that. I, I did mention that. Yeah, I remember, I remember saying say that. So, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm actually kind of excited, Pat, because I know uh, just before we kind of went into that lockdown phase, there was a, uh, I think a back-to-back where you guys were uh, going to be Moncton, and we were going to go out that night for yeah. a big bender. And uh, <laughs> we, we, we missed out on that opportunity, so I'm hoping we uh, we can maybe uh, catch up on uh, on something like that again later. I'm not going to confirm or deny any details of potential <laughs> shenanigans, but I will say I was disappointed to, to not to get the games in Moncton. It's weird, too, because uh, I've often made the point to go to Moncton in the offseason just to see friends, and it just yeah. even with the Atlantic bubble opening, it just didn't happen either the last few years. So uh, when we get to Moncton, it's going to feel a bit un, un, unseen territory, but it is kind of interesting. I think it's St. John and Charlottetown that are playing each other in opening weekend, and they have the luck of the draw because – are you guys opening against Bathurst? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, yeah, we were opening against Bathurst. Uh, October 1st yeah. and Bathurst, 2nd in, in Moncton. It's just where the schedule was last year where it was split into the 902 half and the, and the 506 half. It was – you kind of hoped that all the, the Nova Scotia teams in Charlottetown would play the Grinchman teams to start. I actually ended up running into Alex Ryan during one of my trips to Halifax. each other opening weekend it's like yeah i know it's a long time we've already seen he's like no offense pat but i'm sick of seeing you today no offense to you but the feelings mutual so it would have been nice to start off with the new brunswick teams but it's nice to know that we'll get there in time absolutely we're just excited to see other teams than the, the three we saw most of the season but man we really appreciate having you on uh, it was good to talk to you again it was way too long um so thanks for joining us and uh can't wait to see you yeah thanks for having me on guys and like you said it's it feels like forever since we've done one of these, which is a bad sign, so it's a good sign that we're back on track. I look forward to uh, some good hockey in the Maritimes this year. 100%, Pat. You have a good night. Right, take care, guys. It's always good to uh, to have a uh, friend of the show, Pat McNeil, on. It's, it does seem crazy that it – I think we had him on last preseason, a year since we – we haven't seen the team and, and chatted with him. Uh, we didn't even talk to him during the season at all. No, we didn't. Uh, and we haven't seen Cape Breton since so, preseason. Since preseason, so it's been – Oh, well, a year? A year Talk about since... a tale of two teams that are yeah. kind of similar, but from the time they played, completely different. Um, interesting thoughts on, on the pedal deal. I know yes. that he yeah. – it would be different, the fan view, if we if we could get some fan views on here. But I've shared, uh, I've shared my view. Yeah, you shared your view. Uh, we both shared our view, but it, it was interesting to get his view, and he's he's 100% right. We don't actually know the, the, the full details of the trade because there's more coming – you know, I think they got what a, se- a first next year too, or is it a second? Uh, I can't, I, I can't remember it off the top of my head. I just remember it being a absolutely awful trade, <laughs> and their GM still what? Is, their GM still has a job. Like if if I was that bad at my job, I'd be fired. <laughs> um, so you know, I'm so, I'll, I'll just keep peppering it on probably every episode of this podcast until uh, Jeremy Boucher making friends in Cape Breton. Yeah. Uh, you oh, know, they have a second next year. Oh, whoop de do. <laughs> Um. Yeah. They'll. The. They'll, they'll. I keep talking like this. They'll turn me away at the, at the cancer causeway. Actually, yeah. They got a second next year. So terrible, dear. <laughs> they gone so bad. Oh yeah. But now they're they're a team kind of like Moncton. Jacques Cartier. <laughs> it's like I. Said, we both share them. I hope GM is not your Cartier. <laughs> career in French. Yeah, I figured. Um. Yeah, but no. It's always good to have Pat, and hopefully we'll have him on and. Uh, Maybe we'll get one of those live interviews, get him in the studio on one of those back-to-back mm. nights, but we'll have to see, make sure he's make sure he's got the time to to visit us in studio. But, uh, well, we got a little bit of a contest. We love contests. You love contests. Uh, we like giving away stuff. So let's, uh, let's get into the contest we got, Boucher. 
Because right. you're drinking water. Sorry, Sorry buddy. Chewing some of my I did, water. I didn't even look here. over. Sorry, buddy. That's okay. All right, try this again. Um, Let's get into the contest, Boucher. <laughs> so what we're doing is October 1st is the season opener up in Bathurst on the North Shore. Everybody knows there's no shore like the North Shore, <laughs> and that's for sure. Um, so what, you, what we want you to do, and please listen to these instructions, uh, because I don't think I made them clear enough last time we had a contest because people <laughs> were giving us ridiculous numbers. So. What you need to tell us is the 18 skaters and the two goalies who will be in the Wildcats lineup on opening night, October 1st in Bathurst. Now, we say 18 skaters because, you know, 12 forwards, six defensemen. They could do 11 forwards and seven defensemen. So you need to tell us the 18 skaters. You don't need to put them in the lines or anything like that. Just tell them who the tell us who the skaters will be. No bonus points for lines. No, no. So the eighteen skaters and the two goalies who will be in the Wildcats lineup on opening night in Bathurst, October first. The winner, I guess, the per, the person who comes closest to all eighteen skaters and two defensemen will win a. Visa gift card. Yep. Which has not been donated. Do they have to get the goalies too? The goalies. (laughs) 18 skaters, two goalies. 18 skaters, two goalies. The person who has the most correct answers will win that $50 gift card from Visa, which of course was not donated. This is Adam and I contributing our own hard-earned money uh from our jobs our jobs that we like to go to five days a week (laughs) eight hours a day yeah uh so this is us doing something for you uh in return you do something for us you scratch our back we'll scratch (laughs) yours i almost said nuts thank (laughs) you that's the contest (laughs) (laughs) oh you're you're a treat tonight uh so (laughs) so once again again (laughs) For those who are not paying attention, yeah. 18 skaters, two defensemen. Two goalies. Right. 18 skaters. <laughs> yeah. 18 <laughs> skaters and two goalies in the Wildcats lineup October 1st up in Bathurst. Send it to us on the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook, uh, TikTok. Don't even do yeah. messages. So, yeah. Moncton Wildcast at gmail.com. Email it. DM it. I don't care how you get it. Get it by next tuesday august 31st by 7 p.m and uh we'll keep those and we'll see who gets the most right and wins a 50 dollars gift card we didn't get anything donated but we just felt like this is a good contest you can buy tickets to a game you can get uh merch to the roar store maybe you can get a wildcast podcast hat i don't you know can what's buy Adam a beer yeah. Adam and i a beer at the home opener maybe yeah. on the maybe. friday night exactly maybe uh, who knows what you're gonna spend the money on take your lady out for a date i don't know but uh or man yeah, or man you got your uh, roster up there. You want to I, have a I do. Chat? Yeah. So we'll 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 give you ours. Yeah. Um. If you want to copy ours, then you are welcome to do so. Uh. You want to go from the net out? We are not experts. We don't suggest you take our advice. No. Nope. Only if when we say go get your goddamn vaccine, <laughs> you go get your goddamn vaccine. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll start from the net out. Uh. Richie and Dan Lacroix probably aren't open to this contest, eh? Uh, if they want to send us a, uh, their guesses, then th- we, we expect uh, from them uh, more in return because <laughs> uh, that is uh, cheating. Yes, so, exactly. All right. Uh, I'll let you start, Adam, because right. I'm pretty sure we've got the starting goaltender. Uh, correct. Correct. On, Number 31. If you don't have this player <laughs> yeah. on your roster, uh, please... Uh, Click unsubscribe. <laughs> no. And, and no, 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 no. We don't want people to unfollow us. Start just... listening to Sularit Junior <laughs> in Bathurst. Uh, and yeah, so I think we can agree yeah. on Vincent Filion yeah, as, as a goaltender. Yep. Okay. That's the easiest one to to decide. Um, and then, you know, I've had this, I've been bullish on this guy for two years now. Um, the backup goaltender for me is Gio Demetia. Okay, so we have our first disagreement. All right. Um, I am going with Thomas <laughs> Couture. 
Uh, as we, need my to make that, we need to make that into a gift. Thomas! <laughs> as my backup goaltender. All right. Um, sorry, Nick Sheehan. Uh, I understand Sean, our buddy Sean Hatcher just did a story about you and, you know, it being your dream of playing for the Wildcats. Um, this is nothing against you. We just like to argue. Yeah, so that's exactly it. You could very well be the backup, but Adam and I just can't have the same answers. No. So um, we like to have disagreement. And if, if nothing else, we are pushing you to prove us wrong. Uh, all right, defenseman. I've got uh, – so, <laughs> spoiler alert. Remember that time I was all like, hey, these are my six defensemen, and I Is got – Is that when you uh, said Pilot was your seventh, seventh defenseman? Yeah, no, that – whoops. Um, that was nothing slight against him. It was not the fact that he was the seventh defenseman. It was the fact that as I was going through the roster and got down to the P's, I was like, oh, yeah, Pilot. So I just kind of put him in there. Pilot and DeGrossi are my one-two pair. Uh, I've got Olsen and Hamel. I got Darcy and Moran, and I got Iacenza as my seventh defenseman. Okay, um, so I have Pilat and I have De Grosse as my first two. I have Olsen with Darcy. I have Ayasenza with Hamel. Oh, okay. And then I have Morin and Ethan Dolmont. Oh, okay, you got him. That's I have him on my roster. I He's like an eighth guy. Yeah. But here's my big prediction. I think... This is Jeremy's mind again. Remember, sometimes it Uh-oh. wanders off. Uh-oh. Sometimes it goes in the gutter. <laughs> I think my feeling tells me that they will trade either Connor Olsen or Anthony Hamel in order to ensure Etienne Morin is playing top six. All right. That's just my gut. That's... I'd have no inside information. If I did, I would say it on the podcast. (laughs) Um, But I'm just thinking, if you want Moran to stay, you want him playing in your top six, you don't want him in the stands, so you find a spot for him to play. This is the only way I see it happening, is by trading either Connor Olsen or Anthony Himmel. So you got him right in your top four from the get-go. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just, I I had him in the the bottom pair, um, and we can debate the the actual matchups of the defenseman there. Um, but I do feel Olsen will be situated if he if he's playing. Not on the top. He got he got exposed last year playing with the young once Stewart and Spence were traded. Nothing against him. He just and, and another year he might not be, but I think Moran, if you can shelter him and let him play the bottom minutes at least in the first half for a little bit, I think you know are you saying like your gut telling you trading Sooner rather than later, or yes, okay. So during before the start of the season, okay. I think it's allowed. I don't know if there's another. I feel trade like it's period. allowed because Bathurst made a trade earlier today. Did or, they? Well, this week they made a trade with Shakuta me for I don't know who it was. For, oh but, yes, 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 yes. But okay. they made a trade, so I, it, yeah, it might be. But okay, yeah, that's that's, that's my that's what my gut's telling me because I okay. think they're gonna want Miranda to play every night, and that's the only way I think it's gonna happen. Perfect. All right, we'll go from we'll go the forwards. I'll st- I'll kick you, things off. Right. Top line, Loshing, Dau, and Barbashev. Ding, ding, ding. I got the same top line. Uh, right, that should be the right. second easiest uh, three players yes. on, on this thing. Uh, Want to go with your second line? I've got uh, Ring the Tie Bell, okay. Jonas Tie Bell on the wing, uh, LaBelle, okay. and then Blagden. You have on Blagden on, in your top six. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, I just, he's a, you know, a veteran guy. He brings the, brings the muscle as they say. And, you know, LaBelle had the injuries last year and Tybal, you don't know what he's going to be like, um, in this league yet. So I think he just put a veteran with those two, uh, kind of showing Tybal the ropes and a little bit of a protector. Okay. Cause I have LaBelle, Tybal <laughs> and Langlois. Okay. On my right side. All right. I think Lang was progression yep. that he's made since coming into the league at, at 17. Yep. Is every he, – he seems to jump up a line every season. I think this is his time to, to move into that top six role on, on the right side. Uh, and, uh, yeah, playing with Ty Bell and LaBelle. Ty Bell and LaBelle and Langlois. <laughs> this period brought to you by your friends at the – 
the the uh, law house of the Belle Tybell in Langlois. <laughs> it kind of works. Uh, all right. So what do you got for your third line? Third line. I have Nicholas Pavin. Yep. Is it Nate? Is it Nathan Casey? Is that Nathan's the first name? Yeah. Okay. Nathan Casey. I keep. I. I, I never gonna for. I just call him Casey. Yeah. Exactly. That's that is that is very true. And Alexi Danielle. Oh. Okay. Yeah. On the third line. Dang it. There's always a player I continually forget. It is it Alexi Daniel? Yeah. All right. Uh, I've got uh, Pavin, Stewart, and Langwa. And the reason I got them there is that's your energy shutdown line. You know, Pavin speed, Langwa speed, Stewart doing the heavy lifting, the face-offs there. That's your kind of energy type, uh, type line there. Okay. Okay. And then my fourth line, and that I now have to get rid of this player and insert that player. Because <laughs> I completely forgot. I'll go. I'll go with my fourth line <laughs> while you're working on your. Yeah, right. um, so my fourth line, on the left side, Miles Mueller. Yes, I've got Miles Mueller there. My center is Jake Stewart, and on the right side, I keep bragging about this kid because you think he's going to be a star. Thomas, Jose. That was close. That was better. Ah, I like the Couture one better. Thomas. <laughs> Couture. Uh, I've got Mueller, Casey, and I guess now Danielle. Whoops. Okay. And uh, what my do you ex- got for extra extra forwards? Connor Richard and Mercier. Okay, so you have Mercier on the roster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have Mathis Coutier. Okay. And Nicholas Blagden, uh, who is injured and probably will not be ready to start the season. So when you're doing your rosters, remember. Jeremy said it. You can trust me or you can't. <laughs> it is now 8 nothing for the Wildcats. What? Um, Nicholas Blagden is still recovering from surgery, and he will not be ready to start the season. That's what I think. That's yeah. what that's okay. my sources are saying. So we got a lot of a lot of the same. So I don't have Connor Richard. No. Nope. Um, I think as a 19-year-old... It's a numbers game thing for him. Fair. You could trade him and try to get something, or you just put him on waivers and someone scoops him up. I thought they were. I thought they got another one. So um, that's yeah. that's my whole uptake on it. Um, I don't know. This is what I think. This is what you think. We want to hear what you think. We want to know what you think because you are the most important people. You are the ones that keep us above water when we're drowning. Drowning. I knew I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew you're going PSP. Yeah, I just uh, you know I I struggled a to put a apparently a roster together because I keep forgetting names. So I'm gonna enter this contest myself and see how much uh, see how good I can do. Um, I just think I wanted to put Byron on, but I just I wasn't sure where he fit. And I think just you know you, you talked about Mercy playing that weird two half game camp thing that he played last year and Byron didn't play a whole lot. I just I think he, he might go back down to to midget triple A, but it's it is very difficult. Goaltending, that was one thing. Defensemen were probably the easiest and forwards and that that's maybe why I think they might go acquire a, a veteran goaltender. Um just because they have a few extra assets like a Richard, like a Hamel, like an Olsen that you were thinking that they could maybe move these guys to bring in a veteran goaltender if that was the way they wanted to go. I don't think it's necessary. Uh, what I will say is I fully expect Luke McPhee, Alex Mercier, and Eli Byerjohn to be on this roster after, after Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, and that um, makes a ton of sense too. Because, well, that would put them at what? That would be four 16-year-olds? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you would probably need like a league exception, which is fine. They'll give it to yeah, us. Yeah, we'll give it. Yeah, we'll get one. Um, if – Maybe more so not Bayerjean. Maybe he's would play that full midget year. Right. Uh, but definitely McPhee and Mercier, uh, I think, are here after Christmas. Um, Mercier, I think, is going to tear up midget AAA to start the year. And I'm hoping Luke McPhee uh, makes the Amherst Ramblers. Um, playing Junior A will, would only help him more. Um, so those are just a couple things that I wanted to kind of add in there. Sweet. All right. Well, like I said, 
like we said, those are our thoughts. We want to hear yours. Get your rosters to us and any of the DMs on any of the social medias. Um, and give us your 18 skaters and your two goaltenders for a chance to win $50 Visa gift card from Jeremy and myself. Basically, for sticking with us for five years, we want to thank you by giving you this. Uh, so, yeah, that'll do it for us on this show. Uh, thanks again to friend of the show and voice of the Cape Breton Eagles, Pat McNeil, for joining us tonight. Uh, to look ahead to the Eagles season, we will have another guest next week as we look ahead to previewing the Mooseheads season. Uh, or, uh, don't forget tonight's game spoil- against can, can Bathurst. Is it what? Can we spoil next week's guest? I can't yet, but we, we'll, can't. Okay. we might spoil it if we get authorization to spoil it. Um, if I mean, if uh, if we can get this guest, we will be happy. Yeah, to have him. Um, so yeah, the Bathurst is at the brand new Uniplex in Dieppe. So get out a and see the rink if you haven't, and support the hockey club uh, as they get ready for the twenty twenty one. 2022 season. That'll do it. Get your vaccines. Yeah. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.